It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Let's talk about hockey. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It is Sunday, May 9th. It is Mother's Day. It's a, a lovely day outside. I, I can't wait to go outside myself, but we've decided that we're going to sit, sit here and talk about hockey. And I, of course, am BA, and I'm here with Jeff. Ahoy, ahoy. And Tim. Uh, no, Nick. Surprise! <laughs> 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 I looked right at you and said Tim. <laughs> yeah, and, and we've been, you know, chatting for an hour beforehand, and you clearly said, oh, hello, Nick, you are not Tim. And I'm like, yes, this is true. Hello. I told you so, not yeah. to get syphilis. <laughs> Yeah, I know, and I still don't have it. It's great. <laughs> I know, but I'm sitting here. I'm like, I I know it's Nick, and I just said Tim. So, I mean, we, I already advised you if you're going to go to an orgy, do it outside. Go to yes. an outdoor orgy so that, you know, you limit your exposure. You know, keep all interactions, <laughs> all intimate interactions within 15 minutes or less. Uh, yes. So you don't have to wear a mask and outside and don't get syphilis. Yeah. We already talked about this. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm here and I'm happy to be talking with you all and, and, be, and to be here. Even if I called you the wrong name. Yeah, it was, I'm laughing. At it. Seriously, it's funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what's really funny is uh, we were talking about pictures that I don't want you to send uh, via the chat, um, mm. and <laughs> and you said, "Oh, I'll just send some dick pics." And so I went to I went to look up, I went to Google, typed in "dick," and then went to images, and I went. Oh no. no, those aren't the dicks I was looking for. I was really hoping it would come up with like not These dick- aren't the dicks you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> not was, the dicks we're looking for. It was true because I somehow or another thought if I just p- type in dick, it you know, images of people named Dick would show up, right? That's oh. not what showed up. <laughs> oh. I mean like are you new at this internet thing? <laughs> Because <laughs> like it's been this way for a while now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's only like you know the world's greatest repository of <laughs> pornography in the history of mankind. So like, <laughs> and between that and and Rule Twenty Three, yes, four, yeah, <laughs> between that and Rule Rule Twenty Three, what the fuck do you expect? I mean, like, you search any, you search the most like you know anodyne, non-suggestive word in some on Google Images somewhere in there. There's going to be pornography, and it's going to probably scar you for life because this is the internet. <laughs> Every once in a while, I bravely enter the internet with the the uh, the ideas. <laughs> All the innocence of a 75-year-old grandmother discovering Facebook for the first time, huh? Well, no, I was actually going to say the innocence of a child, but thank you for making me feel old. <laughs> but anyway, so I abandoned that thought because I couldn't think of anybody named Dick that wasn't named Dick Cheney, so... Um, Richard Nixon... Dick Nixon, as I like to call him. Tricky Dick. Yep. Yep. No. <laughs> you know what? No. Okay. So anyway, I, I mean, was... like, I mean, like, when we went to New Hampshire, our representative was Dick Sweat, which is just like, why aren't you going by Richard, you dumb bastard? 
Wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. He um he lost in the '94 landslide um to someone with a much more much more domesticated name. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Dick sweat. Lost to Sandy Vagina. <laughs> um, it's just a sort, sort of like old race car driver Dick, um, uh, Dick Trickle it's like why don't you go by fucking oh, Richard yeah, <laughs> Rich. I, oh my god like, you know Rich Trickle you know tr- Trickle Rich, down right, economics any yeah. of those things just, just, just like just I don't really understand why anyone would choose to go by, by, by Dick at all to be perfectly honest Richard Petty never went by Dick um I mean, could you imagine that, Petty? Comic Dick. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Sometimes I just want you to get out of my head. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, okay. So we're not sending dick pics, even of people named Dick, and and that's good. No Adam Driver today either. I don't know. Let's not do that. But anyway, we, we are ostensibly here to talk about hockey. Have we mentioned even anything about hockey in the last like five minutes no No. okay so as you can see i have absolutely no notes today so that's cool so yeah let's talk about some hockey yeah it was kind of a mixed bag it was i mean first of all hooray the bruins are in the playoffs they clinched this week yes um, and they clinched of their own accord because it was really that that night they were playing against the devils and it was just like all they needed was one point and they got the two, right? They just won that game. They just were like, yep, that's cool. Let's just win this game. Uh, and then the Rangers just imploded because they were playing the Capitals that night and a lot of shit went down. And that's part of why like Thursday was just such a, a clinic on the part of the Bruins because like it was the day after they'd had to play the Rangers. The Rangers had played the Caps again after gestures, gestures expensively, all of this. (laughs) 141 (laughs) penalty minutes assessed in that game. Chara got, got uh, thrown out just for like talking smack to Brendan Smith. He was on the bench. That's like, you could, Brendan Smith's like, I'm sitting here my own business. Oh shit, a monster wants I mean, to kill like, me. But like Chara Brendan Smith's been a whole thing for a long time now. Yes. Oh, it has. I actually watched that with glee. I, I was <laughs> because there's part of me that's just kind of like, yeah, I remember this between you two. That was that was good times, such good times. And then it's just like Chara's like, well, I'm just gonna go talk to this guy who's sitting on the bench, and he gets thrown out of the game. <laughs> it's like I, one of my favorite Chara moments in his entire career is his during that that first round series against Detroit. In 2014, where Brandon Smith's like, "Yep, yep, yep," Charles like, "I'll, you I go? will eat you." Yeah, you want to go? You want to go with me? Come on, let's do it. <laughs> and he looks insane. I love it. The look on his face is just like, Argh. that the melee, the melee. Was it in Manhattan? I don't remember where it was, but anyway, it, it was a lot. Look, I don't think I have anything real profound to say about Mondays brouhaha the scrum in front of the net and all the stuff that happened all i can say is this i hate tom wilson Mm -hmm. i hate him if i saw him walking down the street i would do anything i could to like whack him in the face with something he's truly like one of the few players left in the league that make me a little circumspect about my hockey fandom because there's people like this playing the fucking sport Mm-hmm. And the worst part about it is knowing that there is no GM that wouldn't that, that wouldn't do backflips if he became available. Yep, that is shitty. I don't like that. 
I mean, I recognize he is good at hockey and like even his shittiness mostly benefits his team. And so I understand that not to mention if he's on your team, he can't hurt your team. He can't hurt your players, which that in and of itself is an asset, I suppose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have such a fierce loyalty for him. You know, it's like if you were a really, really shitty person outside of that, then that would be terrible. I, I just but I really don't. I, I think that you can play well without being a cheap shot artist. Can't you? Yes. Well, remember the, that that um, Sean Gentile article I shared midweek in the in the, in the chat. I don't know if either you followed. It was it on the Athletic? That really just like it's like the one where basically he explains like Wilson knows exactly what the league's going to punish him for, and he knows how to walk that line. The most terrifying thing about about Tom Wilson is that he is utterly in control at all times. Yeah. Yep. Like it's not just like he's a reckless idiot, like a, like a Rafi Torres or a Dan Carcillo. No, no, he's just bad. Like that kind of you know clinical remorseless awful is the, is the most terrifying kind. <laughs> yeah, and then it came out this week that Peros didn't want to suspend him for the hit on Carlo, the boarding on Carlo. Uh, which remember at the time it wasn't even a penalty in game. And it was Gary Bettman who stood in, uh, who came in and said, the optics on this are bad. You need to suspend him. And because the CBA, basically, over time, if, you, if you're if you good, you it suspends. Uh, it takes your suspensions and makes them go away. But that only matters for fines. If you be a yeah, so, so, so the, the previous offender thing only affects the amount you can be fined. It doesn't affect what suspension uh, suspensions are eligible then and 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 dops is supposed to take all previous suspensions into consideration when figuring punishment it's just a prescri- it's a the prescriptive formula for how much you're fined per game is all that actually ma- all that actually it's supposed to make a difference for supposed to i paper. feel like the guys in player safety have applied those rules to suspensions as well it's tough like it, it's it's when okay I, I I promised myself I wouldn't talk about Tom Wilson too much because everyone else has already it's like all right what what can I say that hasn't been said already well really nothing but yeah I don't want him uh, living rent free in my head yeah but I I don't like him I really don't like him the that tweet from from the rags after the hit just shows just how utterly remorseless the team is about everything that Tom Wilson is too. <laughs> You mean from the cast? Like there's no there, there's no telling him to dial it back. They believe that they believe in Tom Wilson being Tom Wilson. Uh, the tweet yeah. from the ca- the caps, not the rags. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make sure that we clarify because there was a tweet from the rags, and that was something else. Oh, entirely. that's a different thing. I'll, that's a right. different matter altogether. I, I I'm just clarifying for the point no. of so so that people know what we're talking about. So yeah, the, he chose violence, and they, they, there was no remorse about that. Somebody somebody got in trouble for that tweet because uh, it disappeared. But not before many I, people could take screen ca- captures of it. So I'm just I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that no one in the cap it's told caps scolded that um uh, they, they didn't scold scold that that social media manager not for tweeting not for tweeting it because I'm sure they agreed but for like not thinking about okay dude how's the league gonna re- respond to this don't be too don't be this fucking stupid <laughs> yeah yeah so there are times to make fun of things which that tweet would do. That was not the time for it. So being being a smart ass about that was not the time for it. No. No. Yep. Then, like, I think it was the next day. Apparently, this was the owner of the New York Rangers who 
who created this this statement about how they feel that George Peros is unfit to perform his duties as the head of player safety. And I agree because I think that Peros hasn't been good at this. Many, many people who have taken on this job aren't very good at it. Brendan Shanahan was it, who's awesome. It, it was like, like Shanahan and like um, Pronger. Uh, Pronger was there for a short time. And one of the Burks was involved as well for a bit. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. What's his name? Brian Burke's son. What's his name? Not Brian. It's Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, he's still there, as far as I understand, but he's and, not the head, obviously. Yeah, I mean, but it was. I can't. Who's the other guy's name? There was a francophone player who was who, who took over immediately after um, uh, Shanahan. Uh, Quintal. Quintain. Qu- Quintain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quint- yes, Stephen Quintal. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was the last one. He, he and, and and Patrick Burke are like the last ones that actually did a good job there. Like Pronger wasn't as bad as Peros has been, but like ultimately, like what the fuck was the league thinking? Appointing someone who's was the face of a brand whose slogan was "Make Hockey Violent Again" in charge of Dops. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were going to take a similar player, if you're going to take a player who knows the code, and I know you hate that term, right? But understands what these things are about. You would take like Sean Thornton and put him in that. Honestly, role. Well, no. So. Using that argument, Paros had a better record as a player than Thornton did. Okay. I'm opposed to that entire notion. It's like, um, how about you put someone who's been the, the victim of awful hits? Put put Paul fucking Korea mm. or Eric Ooh. Lindros ahead of the department. Mm. The league will never do that because ownership, because the league team ownership owners and GMs don't want that. But like, if you want to send a message, put someone out there whose career got ruined by this stuff. You know what? Fighting is one thing. That's an entirely different thing. Mutually exclusive. Those are consensual concussions for right, what, for what right, it's worth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're talking about blindside hits. We're talking about like cheap ass hits that get people hurt. We're talking about cross checks to the head and to the face. Um, we're talking about things that, you know, that nobody necessarily asked for or, or consented to, but you did it. Maximum maximum credibility would be having someone like Paul Correa or Mark Savard chairing, uh, um, leading the department. I mean, I think what uh, what Wilson did was shitty. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to suspend or do whatever with that. I know that what he did was shitty. We can all agree with that. The fact that there was absolutely n- that that the fine he got had nothing to do with what he did to Panarin, which frankly was much worse than what he did to Bushnevich. Like the Bushnevich stuff looked like you, you could argue that he fell on him and had trouble getting back up. The Panarin stuff, no, no, he grabbed a guy, flipped the helmet off, and slammed him into the fucking ice. He grabbed him by the hair, which, <clears throat> to our listeners, I have long hair and play hockey, so I'm a, I, I felt personally offended when I saw that move. But I'm like, you, I don't. A, a lot of fans have said, "Oh, Panarin shouldn't have jumped on um, on Wilson." It's like, well, why did Panarin jump on Wilson? Because Wilson was punching his teammate who was on, on the, the ground. And yeah. also, like, they say, oh, it's just things that happen in a scrum. It's like, no, no, Panarin jumping Wilson, that happens on a scrum. What Wilson did to Panarin? Not a scrum. Mm-mm. Not a scrum. That's an assassination. Yeah. <laughs> all you and needed to that... do is push him off of you. That's all you needed to do. You just needed to go, okay, yeah. just get off me, and little boy. Resi- and then if he starts, resi- he starts resisting, you, ch- you challenge him to drop knucks. You do the right thing, Tom. You don't do what you did. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There'd be no honor in a man like Tom Wilson fighting 
Artemi Panarin. But <laughs> no, then more he flexed. Than- what? Then he flexed when he went in the box. Oh, the that dumb. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you not know that? Yeah, he was like totally like. Yeah, he flexed in the penalty box after all that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a picture. I'll, I'll find it. Don't don't buy. I believe you. Just I'm just I'm like how how did that get not get caught up in all the discourse of it? I'm like just amazed and like that's the sort of thing like that screams intent. Why the fuck didn't the league do something about it then? I mean, it's one thing to flex after a fight. Like I mean, I imagine like Ty Domi taking out fight, preferably one you didn't start because like it's kind of crash to celebrate a fight that you provoked. But yeah. <laughs> um, or you know like you. I kind of back when fighting was just kind of a. I'm gonna. I got too many thoughts rushing to my head. Fighting has always been a part of hockey. I don't buy the belief that oh the the goons and the brawlers protected the star players. I don't believe that one bit. You go back and watch old clips. There was just as many cheap shots back then, if not more, in the days of the. Um, of fighting than there are than there were today, so I don't believe that these players protected anyone. But yeah, I kind of like those old old clips when a, a fighter takes on like three guys in one game and then flexes at the end of fight number three. I'm like, all right, you you some lunatic probert shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you you've earned that. Like, mm. not not. I mean, I think like Taren's a kind of a smaller dude too. Not when you f- fling a guy to, to the ice by his hair. He ended Panarin's season a few days shy of it already ending, but who knows how long he would be out otherwise. Panarin is 170. 5'11", 5'... Uh, uh, 170, I should say. Okay, Tom Wilson, let's just see this. Uh, Tom Wilson is... Two, probably 220, that's my guess. I was going to say 230, but let's see. Oh, yep, you're right. 6'4", 220. Oh, he's 6'4". Jeez. Okay. Five, pan- five inches and 50 goddamn pounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, then- that that's not an honorable thing at all. I was going to say, like, that, I mean, like, the only way you could be less honorable is if it was, like, Chara deciding to fight Nathan Gerbey. All he would have to do is just put his hand oh, just, on his just, little just helmet. Just pick him up and he'd just swing his arms and legs like <laughs> Just, like, tap him on the head. It's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. No. And you know that's the thing that really gets me. I really hate that Chara is sullied by this. He he chose this team. He chose to go to this team, and it's like you know what? If he had gone to just about any other team, I'd be happy for him. But here, I just can't be happy for him because I feel like I just hate the Caps. I just mm-hmm. I I just don't like them. I hate their fans. You know, I just like I understand it's his team now, but like. Yeah, this this I think actively hurts Chara's legacy because like ultimately it's like you're standing by and defending the Shedzi. Yeah. So years ago when Sh- uh, Sean Thornton sucker punched uh, was it Brooks Orpic? Um, it was more than a sucker punch. It was the um uh, slew foot. Slew foot. Yeah. Okay. You're right. You're. It was that was way worse than what I think Tom Wilson did. But every Bruin, including. Coach uh, Julian was like, yeah, what Thornton did was wrong. And I think Thornton expressed remorse. You you don't see anyone from the Capitals expressing any sort of 
displeasure with their teammates' action. I don't yeah. agree with what Sean Thornton did. Okay, oh, yeah. but I the understand fact. why he did it. Oh, Orpik had been a shit the entire entire in, in, entire game. He'd already murdered, managed to murder both Chris Kelly and Louis Erickson at that point. Yeah. Erickson had just come back from a concussion. Remember, he, he, that was that, that was one of um, Kelly's like several broken legs. Well, no, that shit, that was the femur break, wasn't it? Yeah. Orpik had been being a dick. He had caused another concussion on a cheap shot, on a blindside hit from uh, to uh, to Erickson. That's why. Thornton went apeshit. He went apeshit because it was just, he just lost his mind. I understand it. I don't agree with what he did, but I understand why he did it. Tom Wilson, I don't understand any of this shit that he does. You know the thing about the Thornton hit? You know what was actually the most egregious thing about it, though? It was ultimately, it was like four days after he'd given this big interview expounding on the code. Yep. Yep. Like, honestly, like, the timing, I think, hurt his legacy more than the actual action. (laughs) Because it just looks so bad in that context. It's kind of like every episode that we do, and then immediately after I put it out, the exact opposite happens. (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like a lot of our listeners listen because of how wrong we are. At least we're having fun while being wrong. And, like, we're wrong in different ways than most of the people that are wrong all the time are. Right. (laughs) I like to think that we're wrong in less shitty ways. Mm Yes. But anyway, uh, there's yeah. an innocence to our wrongness. Yes, yes. So I, I, I agree that you know that. Look, you know, I don't want to relitigate the whole Sean Thornton thing. Everything about it was terrible. Okay, and the Tom Wilson thing. I just, you know, it really scares me that I read in the Athletic in that one article where they're talking to the various people. It might be the same one that you shared, right? Where they're they're basically like Tom Wilson is going to really hurt someone someday. And the league knows it, you know, yeah. and and they're just standing by and they're just they're like, what can we do? The coverage on the athletic this week was all over the road, too. Right. Like you had like the, the series like you could just see um, uh, the Rangers beat writer Rick Carpignello lose his mind over the course of the week. And rightfully so. <laughs> you had Sean Gentile basically writing that's like, yeah, the league just straight up. He, the league and Tom and Wilson clearly have an arrangement and understand one another and can keep, you're going to keep plugging along. Then you had all these other, all these other league team executives saying, saying that this is awful and it's going to hurt someone like, but they're not going to do anything like, about oh, and, it. And fucking what was it? Russo giving a not Russo Rossi giving a freaking interview to freaking Matt cook. Who the fuck is interested in Matt cook's reputation on anything besides what it's like to get fucked by a rusty wire brush. Well, see, I looked at that. I looked at that. I I did not read the full interview. I read maybe about half to two thirds of it. And I was just like, it was just kind of a puff piece on Matt Mm -hmm. Cook, basically saying, Matt Cook wants a job. It was all all image reconstruction for Cook. That's all Mm -hmm. I saw from it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, Matt Cook wants a job in the AHL or NHL. Let's revise his image, you know? And it's just like, and, and, but, you know, the best thing that came from that whole article was the term grandchild delivery system. I mean, it was not in the article. It was just my interpretation. Because uh, uh, yes. we learned that 42-year-old Matt Cook is a grandfather for the first time. And we all sat there and we wondered, how? Because 42 is young. 42 mm-hmm. is young. And it turns out that he had a stepdaughter. Uh, so his wife 
had had a child pre- from a previous relationship going into their their marriage. So that child is a little bit older. And look, I'm not judging, not judging. Mm-hmm. It's just like a lot of times we hear of a 42 year old player and they have kids that are like, you know, teenagers, maybe. Or young teens, (laughs) right, young teens. Uh, You know, some people have much older kids. But, you know, no judging. We were just wondering how, what the grandchild delivery system was. That's all. And that is now, I mean, you can use it for child delivery system or grandchild delivery system, however you want to use it. It, I think it's just a great term. I love it. Thank you. Yes, yes. So, I mean, that was the best part. Oh, um, speaking of Char and the Caps, interestingly, um, uh, rookie... Garrett Pallone got his first start over the weekend. When Chara was a rookie with the Isles, he played with this guy's dad <laughs> for like two <three> seasons. <laughs> oh my this is God. not like a super young rookie. He's 23. <laughs> Whoa, that makes it even better. <laughs> Chara was still 21. <laughs> he's 44 right yeah he and tom Brady are the same age so (laughs) yeah oh my god that is that's hilarious i think about all the people that uh like uh, i'm i I just think of so many people like uh now having kids that are like viable adults now they were people my age so just this is just hilarious to me don't get me wrong he's played against plenty of, of fathers and sons i think that's the only example of played with both yeah, no, I think that's hilarious. I think that's great. Good good for him. I hope he feels super young right now. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be like, you know, uh, uh, up there with, you know, Yager playing for multiple seasons where he was older than his two line mates combined. <laughs> Who were Ooh. also his children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he can't tell them that. He, 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 can't, tell, uh, he can't tell Sasha Barkoff that it's like, uh, the guy you're named after isn't your real dad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah uh i miss the time traveling dick wizard i really do i'm glad he's still doing his thing so uh, yeah th- that whole thing was a mess and then oh my god new york just guts their front office so that was <sighs> interesting right Yes. Like right away, everyone assumed it was, it was that they made that maybe they'd gone rogue on that on that on that tweet condemning the league and George Peros and got fired for it. But then it comes out, it's like, no, no, they didn't know this was happening, which is interesting, and got fired for performance. I'm just like, which doesn't make any. Well, from what we've seen from there, basically everyone's like, oh fuck, Dolan's paying attention to the Rangers now. They're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, because Dolan's thing has always been paying attention to the Knicks, meddling constantly and fucking up everything as a result. Oh yeah, the Knicks suck. They've always sucked. In, in my because time, because Dolan meddles constantly, yeah. he has no patience. The Rags have long benefited from the fact that he doesn't pay attention. Mm. Yeah, I think the you kind of have two separate issues there. I don't think they're really related to each other. The fa- I think the fact that the the GM and president didn't know what was released was assigned to them, like huh, we're about to get fired. And then they were. Because the decision had already been made. But no, it's... It's, it's just so stupid. Sure. Like, don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of things covering and saying that, no, Luke Gordon wasn't that good. Most of it, his three, the three biggest things he did were win a couple lotteries and have a couple of fish jump in the boat in the form of Panarin and Fox. I thought they'd the, been drafting pretty well, hadn't they? 
you know, uh, most analytics people seem to ignore that shit for one reason or another. But like, ultimately, it's like, well, how much you want to criticize other trades? He he absolutely rolled Ottawa when he acquired Zabanishad. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Honestly, it's kind of hard to criticize when he traded Ranta, Ranta and Stepan. It's the fact that he squandered that first round pick on Lias Anderson is, is a completely different issue. And then, well, okay, there's the Anthony D'Angelo issue. But anyway. Um, and then, of course, look how well they did on the Rick Nash trade. Mm-hmm. Currently, this season, they had three, three roster players they got out of that trade. Indirectly, anyway. Brian Lindgren's top pairing left defenseman for them. Condre Miller, who Condre Miller, they got after trading down or up, I can't remember what direction, with the, the first they got for it. And they got Ryan Strom for Ryan Spooner. Mm-hmm. So that's two top four defensemen and their, and their two C for, coming out of the Rick Nash trade. Like, I don't know. I look at it and see Gorton did a really good job. But also, I think it's just Gorton's lot in life. Lay all the seeds for a good team, and then be said, eh, 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 and then they be handed as walking papers because, like, I mean, Gordon basically built the spine of what's been the Bruins for the last fifteen years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it's hilarious because like Gordon and Gordon and Mike O'Connell have more fingerprints on this team even now than Peter Chiarelli does. That's wild. That but is crazy. Right. There are only two roster players that were Chiarelli acquisitions. Grizz and pasta. That's it. <laughs> okay, first of all, how glad are you that Mika Zibanejad is with the Rangers and not the Senators? I feel like he would have toiled away for nothing with the Senators, so I'm glad that he's away from that. I, I'm looking at the well, player. Given what the Senators became in the couple years after he was traded away, he got the hell out of Dodge at the right time. Right. No, I'm just saying, like, sometimes, you know, it's like, Right now, I'm looking at like players. Like I'm just like you know, it's good to see good players get out of terrible situations. I I don't it, like you know we're gonna want Jack Eichel someday to get out of Buffalo, right? Look at Mark Stone since he got out of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yeah, he's God, he's the freaking captain now of the Golden. He's one of like three wingers that can carry a line that doesn't even need a fully functional center to be a superstar success. And there's not a lot of those in the league, right? Like the others are like Panarin and Marchand. Right, right. So so I'm just saying, like, I think sometimes, though we don't want to look at our rivals as being like, you know, viable teams and stuff like that. Sometimes we have to look at it and go, it's so good that that player got out of that terrible situation. So good for Mika Zibanejad. You know, he didn't have to rely entirely on his, uh, you know, his DJ career. You know, he can actually play hockey in a place where mm. they 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 appreciate hockey. So, so I just wanted to say that, but you know, I just, uh, I don't have anything specific against the rags. They need to rebuild, but it puzzles me that they chose to get rid of the guys who were doing this slower rebuild because I, I guess maybe now we, everybody has to do a fast rebuild, which isn't necessarily possible. Well, that's just, it. it's, it's insane. We're, we're there. They, they, they said we we're going to do a full scorched earth rebuild, and that takes time. They've got some lucky breaks. They had a couple fish jump in the boat, which is all good. That's that's how you. That's how a successful rebuild happens. At least thirty percent luck. They had yeah. no. They had no right to get Adam Fox, but he's like, oh, I want to play for the Rangers. I was going to say, yeah, they got. Well, here's the thing about that. You could argue that they didn't need to spend anything to get Adam Fox because odds on he would have just, you know. Walked himself to the um, to, to, to the um, uh, NCAA loophole and oh. signed with them anyway. Right. But 
<laughs> but when you have the opportunity in that case to remove all doubt, yeah, you do it. And two seconds is a pittance for what he's turned into. Right, right. So, you know, I just look at it like, I, I don't quite understand what was going on. I think there's a lot of little pieces that, that were in play here. One, it could be that the owner is paying attention to things and he just decided, well, I don't like the way you guys are doing these things, so get rid of them. But also, I heard that there was interest in Chris Drury from other he teams. did interview for the Pens position and stuff, but like some of these guys are always interviewees and never get the jobs, right? Um, Mike Fuda comes to mind. Actually, Boston's JFJ. Um, uh, John, John Fitzgerald is another great example. Is a great example of this. I mean, or you have others that you know interview tons of times and then finally get a job like Bill Zito. Some of them don't work out. What's his name with the Wild comes to mind? Fenton. He was everybody's finalist until he got that job and then turned out to be nuts. <laughs> well, I mean. <laughs> Right now, Drury holds the president and the GM titles, which I can't imagine he'll hold on to the president title, or he'll drop one of them at least. I was going to say, like, that's always, like, I'm always scared. Like, it's always concerning to see a team do that. And it's like, you're just, you're throwing all your eggs in that one basket, huh? They do have Glenn Sather as the, uh, the senior advisor. Who's basically. Oh, yeah, but that's like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a lifetime position, sort of like Harry Sinden in Boston. The only who, who they only roll out of deep freeze whenever they need to make a big decision, like hiring a new GM. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, he was the G, uh, the president for a long time, uh, and he moved out of the way so that they could eventually how, get Davidson. Let's so. see how involved he really is. Like again, because like he's seventy-seven, right? It's sort of right. like Harry Sinden being actively involved is like a ridiculous concept here, but but also Mark Messier has said publicly if they need me. I'm here. I can, I can help out. So, so basically what I'm saying is like, they've got other people who can come in and help this guy along. They want, uh, they, it's very obvious they wanted to keep him. So they're keeping him. Uh, Davidson will find something else. Gordon will find it something else too. But I, I find it really curious, the timing of everything this week. You couldn't wait. You could not wait until may 8th or may 9th or may 10th to fire these guys you had to do it in the middle of the week and they fired them and for performance you didn't fire quinn who's a really bad coach <laughs> but apparently drury was essential in getting david quinn out of bu so like okay so you're gonna fire your president and gm for performance but not the shitty coach but you hired the guy that was responsible for the shitty coach being hired what the fuck yeah, I, I don't think I don't think the performance issue was I don't think that's uh, the valid cause. They just wanted to get rid of him. So they did. Anyway, so, after all this rags roll into Boston on Thursday, that doesn't go well for them. No, it doesn't. It went very well for Boston. Mm hmm. I don't even remember that game. I, I, I um, They only gave up like 15 shots. Oh, yeah, that's right. Swayman's second shutout. Which, like, is not the first one he's had that's been shut out. He's had basically handed to him, but, like, still. <laughs> the games this week were kind of meh. Like, what? Oh. What? My boyest of boys returned, though. 
I forgot. He came back on Tuesday and on we Wednesday. We just had two games in a row with our, with our presumed playoff top six defensemen as well. And he scored a goal in that Thursday game. Oh. That I was, goal... I, I, I'm sorry. I did not see it, though, because I had to tuck in Boomer. And oh. I was nowhere near a TV. So. Oh. Uh, Boomer needs to be tucked in at night because he's a sweet boy who just needs somebody to rub his tummy until he goes to sleep. So see, weeknight games, Mika usually goes to the door and starts woofing to go out at like five minutes into a period. I'm just like, nope, not happening. You can <laughs> hold it, dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. Boomer always like is the game starts and it's like, you know, it's it's uh, it's going for a while. And he's like, well, it's the middle of the first period. I need to go pee. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, it's like, Mika's like, I got some grass to kill. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this thing. He's like, no, no. Not until the end, not until intermission. <laughs> but see, it's not my job to go do it because I do all of the stuff in between daddy's turn. So he mm. has to go do it. So anyway, uh, yeah. So, so basically I didn't get to see it, but that's okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm really happy that uh, Brandon Carlo came back and he's back, 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 back. I did not watch yesterday's game. Okay. I, was... I, I watched this. Was... Interesting, because, like, the Bruins kind of ran the show for the first two periods, and then, like, after Pasta's goal, just everything fell apart. Yeah, I had the feeling that it was going to be a shit show, so I just was like, eh, I'm going to go do something else. So, uh, it, just because, I mean, the rags were so demoralized when they came in on Thursday. Like, they, they were not in that game. They were not quite even zombies or revenants. They were just not the team. I mean, like they're running out the strand. They're playing against the team they were chasing. That they after right after being eliminated from the playoff contention, it's just like, like it's one of those cases where you feel for them. It's like you know the league should really just like adopt a policy of allowing teams to just like fuck this. We're forfeiting. <laughs> right, right. Yesterday, it was probably good for them to end their season on a win, and the Bruins, of course, in losing that game, they've got two more games left. And that those two games are basically important for seeding. Exactly. So the good news is, is because the Islanders have won only one more game. And that's, of course, against Boston tomorrow. Yep. Boston has to lo- lose both games to not get the three seed. Okay. Which basically means even if Boston loses to the Isles tomorrow, if they beat the Caps in the, in the season in the season closer, they'll still beat the, they'll still get the three seed and have the Caps in the playoffs. If they lose both, four seed. Pittsburgh in the play, Pittsburgh in the in first round. I much rather play the Capitals. Whether you, you're a two or three seed, I don't think it really matters much, especially with limited fan attendance. And additionally, I feel like in the playoffs, Game Seven, I'm taking the away team. Anyway, that's been a, a recent trend. Point is, I don't think you make the playoffs, get a decent seed, you're all right. But I'd rather play Washington. They're missing Ovechkin and some guy named Tom Wilson. That looks pretty. I like. I, I I want to play that team in the first round. I'm actually comfortable with either matchup. Yeah. Like it would be nice if they had a plausible scenario for home ice. Mm-hmm. And actually, if they win both games, they'll be tied in points with the Caps. But Caps got the um uh, the ROW win uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, it's too bad it's not the series win. Yeah, that's the second tiebreaker, I think. Yeah. Or is raw or is raw gold gold differential second? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> I hope it should be season series, especially this year. So ROW 
ROW season series, raw gold differential is probably the order. Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, if Boston wins both in regulation, they max out at, th- at, at 30, uh, 30 regulation or overtime wins. Caps have 32. All right. So there's just no way to win that. All right. So, yeah. So they did, yeah. So, but how much does a home ice really matter when nowhere is going to have more than like what's what's Boston getting upgraded to in the near future? Forty percent capacity. They're they're going to be at forty eight hundred people. Oh, okay, so that's that's low. Twenty five percent or something. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's hard to tell what the capacity of TD Garden is right now. I guess I could look it up because there are so many different things. They've got the the upstairs rafters thing and the the other you know some other additions like they they've improved their seating i think their seating now is somewhere around 9 or their their capacity is 1900 up from like 165 or 1700 so basically yeah it's going to be like 25% capacity i think but i heard that it would be like up to 400 uh 4800 4, people so I am actually going to tomorrow night's game, which I'm pretty excited about. I wasn't saying, hey, I really hope I'm going to go to a game. I just, you know, a friend asked, had an extra ticket. And I'm like, yes, I will go. And uh, then I said to my husband, you're not mad that I'm going. And he's like, no. I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) Because I've been fully vaccinated for a while and I just haven't been doing things uh, out of respect. And also just being a little bit uh, afraid, but... I'm going to go. So I, I'm hoping that tomorrow night's game, the Bruins will come to play. Uh, I realized yesterday's, one of the problems with yesterday's game was it was an afternoon game and the Bruins are just like, those are optional. <laughs> TD Garden, you know, guaranteed. It's like they show up for a mid-afternoon game or, or a man, uh, manatee game and they're just like, eh. Okay, we we can lose this one. It's all right. So so anyway, I I like their chances with either team, but uh, maybe uh, the Capitals. I think that they score in them a lot easier because I think the Jari is really tough to score on. They figured it out. Like Jari hasn't had an awesome season, but I put a lot more faith in him than either Vanacek or Samsonov. With the Pittsburgh team, the thing that uh, with the Penguins, what you want to do is just be physical, uh, hit them, hit them a lot, hit them early. You know, you be the the guys who dominate uh, their will, and then you can break them down. So basically, it's like if you if you wear down the team in front of Jari, that Jari's fair game. He's just like you know he's gonna let in say, stuff. That team's defense is is pretty suspect. It is. They're th- don't get me wrong. When, when healthy, their their top three line attack is terrifying. Jeff Carter's been spectacular since the since going there at the deadline. Don't you hate it? I really do. Jeff yes. Carter's not a terribly likable guy. <laughs> I don't know anything about Jeff Carter. I really don't. But he's got this like golden boy image that really well, irks me. My, my, maybe I'm I'm off base on this. My impression back when he and my, and Mike Richards were still with with Philly is that he was the real problem. But it was enough that they traded them both away. And poor Mike Richards, a player I actually always liked, except for that whole breaking Krejci's wrist in the um, in the in the twenty ten in the twenty ten playoffs, which is a big part of the reason for the collapse. But Mike Richards is the one that their that their chosen lifestyles that destroyed rather than Jeff Carter, and that kind of upsets me because oh, Carter feels like the mega douche more so than 
Richards ever did. Was Richards the guy who was basically like thrust out of hockey because he tried to uh, go across the border with like uh, illegal drugs or something? I mean, yeah, he legitimately did that. And then Lombardi basically used that as an excuse as to, uh, to, to 86 him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He did get a seat. He did sign the caps the next season. So we played one more year, but that was it. I think. Yeah, I was trying to remember who it was that, that had that issue. But also, you know, isn't that the same guy who didn't want to necessarily terminate uh, Slavin Voinov's uh, contract after he did, like, the unspeakable? Yeah, Lombardi is uh, fucky. Yeah, yes. that's, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, I think that's that's a good explanation. There you go. <laughs> You're right. Jeff Carter has this douchiness about him that I don't like to see him succeed. So you're right. You know, but also that golden boy thing. Jeff Carter, well, he basically pouted himself out of Columbus. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, after that, like he, it looks like he, for a while he did have, like he did dye his hair blonde, which I'm like, come on, dude, just quit. But then like, like frosted tips, he just looks like a douchebag. But then, I mean, then like, so so someone that's the same age as them. Remember when he was in his early twenties? When he entered the league and stuff, that was the thing. Yeah, like I, I go back and look at my high school yearbook, which again, two thousand three grad class, the same age as all that two thousand three yes. wave of guys. It's like, okay, I see why all these guys in their early careers look so douchebagger, so douchey, because that was what we all were at that age at that point in time. Oh God! <laughs> but then, unfortunately for him, his natural hair color isn't that far off from bleach tips. So it kind of just looks he's like he's really cool. blonde, which makes the bleach tips weird because you take yeah. on this weird orange hue when you do that. So, like, I think about the number of guys either ble- I went to high school with either bleach tips or like bleach their hair that weird yellow color to try to look like Eminem, which was very much a thing at the time as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some people use sun in. I remember when I used sun in on my hair in seventh grade and it was like just orange. And the, the problem is, yeah, is that. It, 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 it feels like it's trying to be strawberry blonde and failing spectacularly. Yeah. So what happens is this. Um, whenever you bleach your hair out, you have to keep treating it with something to take out the brassiness. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, it's usually like a lilac tint of something like you, it's just a simple shampoo. Uh, there's one that's it's seriously a purple shampoo and conditioner and it's called like horse's mane or something like that uh tail domain i don't know uh and it's like it it takes the brassiness out i actually used to use it in my hair and now i i use a bespoke combination but anyway uh well look (laughs) you know i love my hair so i get fancy shampoo for it and it's okay if you can do it do it so it it takes away the brassiness from your hair um the brassiness is what turns it orange or you know green sometimes uh if you go into chlorine we'll say so yes but guys i understand it you don't want to do all of that why do you want to do all of that that it should be no fuss you know you just get it done you're like hey it looks sick and then it really (laughs) does look sick so um (laughs) in a different way so, but yeah, I don't understand it. It's like, Jeff Carter, you're a blonde, you know, just be that golden blonde. You know what I mean? It's I mean, like we're, we're bagging all this, but like, you know, there was that, um, the Krejci and Berkey both did that. Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Berkey really didn't, Berkey does not have the, the 
tone to do that. No. Honestly, it didn't really work at all for Krejci either. Well, with Ray, if it was, I remember seeing those pictures, they're up there. They're both they're both kind of alarming. <laughs> you know what? I look. Everybody's got to do it. Everybody's got to do it. It's fine. You know, but if you just keep doing it, that's where it becomes a problem, I right? Mean, uh, Krejci's thing's always been suspect hair and ha- hairstyle choices. Anyway, I mean, even like now. <laughs> hey, if it's working for him, if if it's if he's, I like, didn't say bad. I said suspect. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just saying. You know what? I'm at the point where it's like, if it's working for you, dude, and you're gonna keep scoring, then yes, keep it. Always do. The man bun. I'm not into man buns at all, but if it works for you, you do it. No, Nick, don't be, <laughs> don't be sensitive. Look, I know. look, everybody do what they want to do. I don't Listen care. To- you know what? I don't even hate Taylor Swift anymore. Do you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. I, I don't. I'm fine. Taylor Swift, go do your Taylor Swift stuff. It's fine with me. You know what? You know what materially improved my life was just muting the words Taylor Swift on Twitter. Oh, so I'm just like I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't even do that now. I, every once in a while, she comes on a commercial for like Capital One, and she's being very cute, you know, like her herself, you know, like, and she's like, I think I'll pick the cardigan, and then she winks, and I'm like, Oh, Taylor, you just go do your Taylor Swift thing. You know what I mean? I'm just like I've just entered this phase of my life where I'm just letting love in. I'm letting love in and it, it's fine. I'm not saying I'm a fan of her music, but, but I don't care. I, that doesn't bother me anymore. I can hear a Taylor Swift song without going apoplectic. It's fine. Honestly, Taylor Swift songs themselves don't offend me. What pissed me off is the number of hockey Twitter people that just they, they just try to pour this crap down your throat like you're a fucking foie gras goose. Yep. And you know what? <laughs> I just go, nope, not today. Just, That's why I muted it because I didn't want to unfollow them, but I needed to have to see get this Taylor Swift content out of my feed. Okay, okay, that's <laughs> she fine. Is exactly five months younger than me. Really? Hmm. Yep. All right. Well, there you go. Things mm-hmm. I did not know. It, it, uh, Ariana Grande used to really bother me because there's something about like I feel like it's very complex. It's like you know she looks so young. And I always worry about people super sexualizing her because, and then I found out she's like 27. I'm like, okay, well, who cares? Well, I mean, of course she is. She's been a thing for like a decade now. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Ariana Grande, do your Ariana Grande thing. Lately, I've been a little obsessed with like Lady Gaga, you know, and I think that's perfectly fine. It's wonderful. Her videos are fun uh, or interesting or like really wacky and it, there you go um you know and uh uh you know her latest album i really enjoy it so there we go see this is yeah. this is what happens when you let love in your life you just go okay so, i've had a similar thing because I'm, I'm a music dude i um my for a while my instagram i think maybe my twitter feed was um i love bass and bagels and your dad's music. Like I was <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a total dad rock dude. Um, so you like Johnny paycheck. That was what uh, my dad liked. Sorry. Oh, I, I, then yes. If your dad listened to him, then yes, I like my, my dad is way older than most people's dads. Oh, and he's dead, but you know, oh, he, he was older, true. you know, 
But I'm like, you know what? I, f- I finally have admitted, like, I don't like pop music. But I also don't knock the people that produce it and create it because that's still artistic creation. And I hate when people say, oh, music these days. It's all like, you know, it's so easy with auto-tune. If that's the case, then you go ahead and do it. You write no, I, I would also point out. Song. 30s are an awkward age music-wise because the stuff you grew up with isn't old enough to be like ubiquitous on classic stations yet. But everything else is new and foreign to you. Yeah. Oh, there's (laughs) there's a lot of music out there that I do not understand at all. And I'm like, you know what? Well, I I go to the hairdresser and the stuff they're playing all sound the same. Mm -hmm. Literally every (gasps) one. Every fucking song. I can't do it. (laughs) What? Um... I just, I just, I love this because it's like, I've been through this phase, yes. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't understand, it's just like, I'm just like, 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 four different, presumably four different, like, female zingers gonna roam, it's like, those all sounded the exact same, like, stylistically, the same breathiness, like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot of people who sound very similar. There are a lot of people that I'm just like, I have no idea who this is. Am I supposed Likewise, to know? like, over-auto-tuning apparently went from being a thing, from, from being a, a punchline with T-Pain to just being ubiquitous now, too. I'm just like, what the actual fuck? Like, why are is it? I, I don't get it. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I find that if you're rapping and you have to auto-tune your rap, then you're probably not a very good rap person. No, you probably rapper. just, like, recited the things like you're reading off a page and then made it into a rap on the computer afterwards. The... The... Shift. Oh, now this is going to be the start of my next podcast. Nick talks music. Um, I always think pop music has been overproduced. That's the thing with pop music. That's just what you do. You listen to uh, Phil Spector stuff 40, 50 years ago. The music honestly isn't all that much different. Just the instrumentation now has changed. Instead of musicians in a room, it's a couple of producers at a computer. I am not going to say, oh, it's more creative to do it this way. It's more creative to do it that way. It's more talent, less talent. I'm not going to do that. But you have, despite um, having music more accessible to people, I think when it comes to pop music, the popular stuff, there's uh, maybe less techniques used today to produce music. Uh, And that's just been because, oh, you run auto-tunes, you do this, do that. Everyone kind of does the same thing because the information is widely distributed. Um, so you have uh, not so much the artist sounding similar, the production sounding very similar. And then like, like there's some goodness, there's some good things to that. Like, cause there is the element of democratization of the process, which is always a positive, mm-hmm. but it also cheapens the product. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to make the argument that pop music is all, is supposed to be disposable. Yes. Okay, so it's basically like that's why it sounds so interchangeable. Why, like, there's a sound, there's a certain sound that comes out like every summer, and everybody tries to adopt that sound. Like, some people do something better with that sound than other people do. That uh, and rock's got the same problem, not just pop. I I, I think back to those that stretch in like around 2004, where everyone was trying to sound like Incubus, and then Incubus started sounding like the bands that were trying to sound like them, and the whole thing collapsed into its own asshole. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a shame because I really do enjoy some Incubus. I do. Um, Oh no, I did like some beautiful songs. Things like Hoobastank happened, and it's like, oh, this is actually terrible. Yeah, I don't like Hoobastank. And I say that specifically because the summer I worked at the Candle Factory, Wednesdays was the was the 
popular rock station, and it was played literally every hour over the course of the eight or of the eight hour shift. Like it's the most like we got like sixty years of fucking rock and roll, and you can hear the same song eight times in the same eight hour shift without changing radio stations. That's We're doing funny. something fucking wrong, people. <laughs> I'm not a perfect person. Don't oh, do it. God, don't. <laughs> Please don't. That guitar little riff, though, is so good. <sighs> it's the intro guitars. But... Yeah. Well. Also, that part of the song is easily mistaken for Our Lady Peace, which is so much better than Hooba Stank. Oh. <laughs> Why does this stink Hooba? No one knows. Oh, God. If you if you're basing your na- your band's name off of whose butt stank, then you no, don't. Is that actually the source of that word? I believe you. This is the first I've heard. No, of it. no, that's that's what I heard. That it was like who butt stank, who butt stank. They're still a band. Yeah, that's okay. Look, you know what? If you like who butt stank, I'm glad for you. Good for you. Um, not my thing, and it's okay. And and keep in mind. There are lots of things that are not my things. And I'm just like, okay, go on liking it. It's fine. You know, sometimes I will surprise or I'll get surprised and I'll hear something that I like by somebody I don't expect it to be. You know what I mean? And that's fine. Not only are they still a band, they're still largely the same guys in the band. They've just switched bass players a lot. That's actually kind of impressive. But you know who I really didn't like? Godsmack. Because it was like, okay, you're trying to pretend to be Alice in Chains, except less nuanced. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that was like trying to be one of the grunge big four. It was like, we were still a dying art at that point, but it had always been a thing, right? Yep. I mean, like some of them were always unfair. Like Stone Temple Pilots had one album where they were trying to be Pearl Jam. And after that, were dedicated to being STP. And that, but they still get unfairly tarred that way. <laughs> well, it's just because the DeLeo brothers are not exactly uh, innovative and... While they may be prolific, they just were not, they, they just, they, 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 they had a sound that sounded like everybody else's, you know, for the most part. It was Scott I mean, that's Weiland. a recipe, honestly, that's a recipe for long-term moderate success, though. I, I know, and they did, they had that, they did, so, uh, but really, the interesting thing about that band was Scott Weiland, and, or Weiland, or however you said his name, and I didn't really, I never really dug him. His voice was fine. There were a couple songs that I I enjoyed enough, but it's not like I it's not like I was really into them. I mean, but like considering the alternative ultimately was like Chester Bennington being the lead singer for STP for a bit there, which like okay, that's really sad what happened to Chester, yes, but like dear fucking god, that iteration of STP was bad. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't just stick somebody in. Okay? You can't just insert someone. It just doesn't really work that way. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, I guess Adam Lambert's working fine as the Freddie Mercury guy because they have similar styles, but nobody's ever going to be Freddie Mercury, right. you know, ever again. Honestly, the only Freddie Mercury replacement attempt that ever worked for me was the, what the fuck's his name? Shit. The British guy? Paul, what's it? Um um, he was from Bad Company, wasn't he? Yeah, free and free and free, he was from Free and from Bad Company. Yeah, Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers. Oh, okay, yeah. It was completely different, but it worked better than any of these other versions because it was completely different. And the Firm, I think that was a, a band in the eighties. 
They had a song called Radioactive. I remember that guy. But anyway, you know what? Back in like 91 or 92, I think it was 1992, when they did um, like a, a tribute concert to Freddie Mercury, they brought, uh, they brought uh, David Bowie on stage. And to sing with, under pressure with him, they brought Annie Lennox. If you can find video of that. I mean, I have not seen that now. It's been almost, it's been almost 30 years. But I just remember being so moved by that performance uh, because Annie Lennox is an amazing vocalist. We know that. So it was just great. I loved it. I'm not saying she could do every Queen song, but man, oh man, I loved that performance. She was I don't know how to say it. The Sweet Dreams Are Made of These band. Eurythmics. Yes. Yes. Uh, now, you have to remember, when the Eurythmics came out, I was like nine years old, and I was fascinated. And I still love the Eurythmics. There's, you know, going to a retro night at a club and dancing to Missionary Man or uh, just any number of Eurythmic songs is so fun for me. One of their newer songs, because was used in uh, The Sopranos as, a, I think, a, a season-ending song. Uh, I Saved the World Today. Huh. Huge fan of The Sopranos, so that's how I know that. Okay, well, I, I did not know that. I've never seen The Sopranos, so. But anyway, you know, um, getting back to the, the topic of the pop music thing, and then we'll have to continue on to hockey real quick. I just wanted to say that in industrial music, hmm. okay, uh, or at least industrial, the dancier industrial stuff that was in the, uh, I'm talking from like 2000 to at least 2010 and maybe a little bit beyond that. You know, bands would, with every album, they would have a new bank of sounds that they were playing with, right? Uh, they would upgrade their synths or they would upgrade the sounds on their synths or whatever. Right. Because a lot of times like you, you know, you have your, your laptop and your synth and you can just, you know, program sounds in there and your samplers and all that stuff. So it used to be a thing where it's like, if you didn't change your sounds with every album, you know, and we're talking like a couple years in between releases, right? People would point and laugh at them. You know, this might explain why Nine Inch Nails made a career out of alternating between awesome accessible albums and ridiculous inaccessible albums. <laughs> like, consistently. Like, one fantastic album, one's like, okay, you really have to be a Nine Inch Nails album fan to like this. <laughs> yeah, it could have been the drug abuse. <laughs> also that. But I mean, I'm talking like way past oh. the point where like, you know, way after the point where Reznor was, was, was destroying himself, like stuff into like the, into the aughts, like, like with teeth followed by year zero, for example, are such remarkably different albums. And one of them is hilariously inaccessible. That's the letter. <laughs> I, I, I have friends who loved year zero and I was like, hmm, okay. It's, it's a, it's a strange album. Whereas with Teeth was very, very, like, approachable. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was downright poppy. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you. The, what was the lead single on that? The lead single was uh, The Hand That Feeds, yeah. which is just a great driving song. Oh, man, I love that song. Because it's just, it's got the bite, it's got a hook, mm -hmm. and you just want to scream along with it. 
you know? Um, and, uh, that also came up with only too, which is like, just one of those like, fuck you songs. I mean, great. Uh, Trent Reznor has so many great fuck you songs. <laughs> it's what he does best, really. It's uh, either fuck you or fuck me are, are the two, are the two topics that he works. Best or with. we're both fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and now he so won a uh, he won an oscar uh doing a score for a disney film this year i mean i don't think it's his first oscar for scores did no, he win not, for um, but yeah, a children's film or that's impressive i mean you could argue that soul is not a children's f- film it is an everybody film but still children will watch this thing and trent reznor scored it yes i know he's softened up over time he got married he has kids all that stuff i get it you know, he's decided that he doesn't want to do nonstop touring, which I think is a good thing for him to not do that. And he wants to work on things that he can do while being a father and a family man. And that is fantastic. I I needed Tuka's input on that. Definitely. That was great. It was. She's very happy right now. And she's very happy to tell me what she thinks about Trent Reznor's uh, uh, scoring possibility. I can assure you if this cat was a person, she would definitely be a Nine Inch Nails fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. She'd be like, nails. They've got nails in their name. I wish I had nine-inch nails, Daddy. Ching, 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 ching. Speaking of nails being nine inches long, too good. we need to cut yours soon. They're getting a little pointy. <laughs> First you called her fat, and now you're saying her nails are too long? Oh, jeez. Wow. Anyway. Again, calling her fat was the vet, not me. I was quoting the vet, and the vet said pudgy, not fat. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, she, you're lucky that she's sitting on your lap and she's purring for you and not clawing you to death for saying those un- awful, awful things about her. But anyway, okay. So so I, I get it. Year Zero is when those you have to be a mega fan of Nine Inch Nails and think they do no wrong to, to be able to, to – want to listen to that album i had friends that adored that album and i just didn't understand it (laughs) yeah i always liked i i i like his uh, like for me it's like uh i was 17 i think or when uh pretty hate machine came out and i was just like oh but all he did was take what ministry was doing and make it just a little bit more accessible and ministry went harder in some respects went more towards metal but Ministry had been dabbling with synths and and then putting a bass in there, like an actual bass in there for a while. So so anyway, I, I don't want to get into like this whole big, long conversation about industrial music that most people are not going to want to listen to. And I'm not even the expert at this. So I'm just saying that you can thank Ministry for laying the groundwork for Nine Inch Nails. He just took off with it. Okay. So there you go. So anyway, hockey. <laughs> so uh, Andre Kasha is probably playing tomorrow. I've upgraded what I think to shrug. And I say shrug you know because because a podcast, an audio podcast, is not a great medium for a visual cue. Mm. That's, that's fair. Yeah. So... Like people are saying, it's like, oh, this is work. Where do you put him in? It's like, well, it's obvious. No one's grabbing, grabbed four right wing by the balls. So like, Kuhlman's been better than Wagner. Not an accomplishment. So like, why not put him there? And I'm kind of excited about the pos- prospect of a playoff fourth line of Lazar centering DeBrusque and Kasha. Yeah, you know, I mean, there was quite the little argument in circles this week about this. Uh, not 
Twitter circles. I'm not paying attention to that, but to, between people that we our know. Our circle had a bit of debate on this circle. the other day. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, after a while, I just was just kind of like, I don't feel like arguing anymore. So we'll just disagree. <laughs> I was going to say, one individual was rather militantly anti-Kasha. I don't really understand why. <laughs> Comparatively, military is probably the better. Militantly is the better word. No, I, she was the one I was debating with. <laughs> right, right. No, I thought she was saying put him on the third line. That's what no, I she read. was kind of with you on the um, uh, whatever. And then kind of a like, oh, he doesn't hit on the fourth line. It's like, well, yeah, but if you're rolling DeBrusque on the fourth line anyway, that line's not a grind line. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the third line is kind of a grind line right now, and they're adding some mm-hmm. scoring. That's that's what's happening. Your grit is on your third line. You've got Richie, who's a big bodied boy. Uh, you got Crowley, who is, well, sizable. He's sizable. He bounces off people. He like he he likes to hit. Uh, I wouldn't say it's his forte, but more importantly, you know, he can do the centery stuff. You know, hey, he's he he had like four points in like four games, yeah. so that was good. And 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 Coil, when he's in, he's looking better than he had at center. So that's fine. So your grit now is on your third line. They're doing a lot of the stuff that the fourth line would do, except they're they're scorier. So your fourth line is basically an energy line. So it's basically like, it's not necessarily looked at for grit. Uh, if you have Trent Fredner, did uh, I just call him Trent Fredner? I yeah. just said Trent Fredner. I mean, like I've been advocating for Trent Fredner being like his nickname anyway, even though it's awkward as fuck. Yeah. I just called him <laughs> Trent Fredner. Okay. Um, Fredner would make more sense in that, you know, people would know. If you have Freddie, T. Freddie. <laughs> On the fourth line, you've got some grit. It's for sure. You've got a guy who just wants to play punchy face, and I cannot wait until Tuesday night. I hope he's in. But Lazar is not a gritty guy, necessarily. I guess he can get down in the corners and stuff, but, you know, he's... Honestly, the way he runs puck possession reminds me of Coyle when he's doing well. Mm -hmm. Except faster. Yeah. Um, And, like, so, like... Honestly, like, think about this. If you roll that as your fourth line, mm-hmm. you're basically running of two first lines and two third lines, mm-hmm. which seems like the way to build a competitive team. Yeah. Yeah. You I, no. <laughs> my, my, my thing was don't break up the third line right now. If you've got something that seems to be working, don't break it up. So put if you want to put Kaja in somewhere, put him in on the fourth line. Uh, if one, I don't know what Kaja is. I can't say that. No one, we, we don't, we, we haven't seen enough of him. We've seen him for what, like 14 games total? That was my point the other day. I haven't seen him enough to know what he is, right? And, oh, and the so, same token, you get a lot of people saying, it's like, oh, he's nothing, he's a bust. Like, we, no one's seen enough of this guy to be able to say a damn thing. I, I don't know. I mean, and I, I tend to be a little more conservative with him because A, I don't know. B, he's very fragile. And C, I've just never seen enough of him. I didn't watch the Ducks. I don't know stuff about him. All I know is before the Bruins got him, he was the perennial guy. This guy's going to have a breakout season this year and then be injured and not have it happen. Right. So it, it's it's a little bit frustrating. It's got to be very frustrating for him. I understand it. So look, try him out on the fourth line tomorrow. Again, it is a good problem to have. You have a 13th forward, right? And trying to figure out where he fits into things. You know, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, right now, we've got a first line and a second line, and it looks like the beginnings of a third line. I do not want to break up the third line 
to try out Andre Kaja to see if that works. And How mind you, if Coyle's not playing tomorrow, yeah, put Kaja on the third line, not the yeah. fourth. Right. Absolutely. That's fine. That's fine. But if, <laughs> if he is playing, then don't do that. You know, I, I, I'm, you know, it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, I hate this guy. We're not putting him in anywhere. I'm just like, you know, at first I was like, I don't want to think about this. And then I'm like, well, put him on the fourth line. And look, I'm fine. If Coyle's not in tomorrow night for whatever reason, put him on the third line. Fine. Yeah. Try it out. But get DeBrusque back on his own wing. You know, DeBrusque was not necessarily effective, but omnipresent yesterday, which I like to see. Yep. Um, But, but uh... that, that kid should be pissed off. Yeah, that kid should be that kid should be playing pissed off all At the time. At this point, omnipresence is all I expect from him, mm-hmm. and if he delivers it, great. Right. So just be pissed off and everything. By the way, tomorrow, do you play Carlo and sit him against the ca- the Capitals? <laughs> so it sounds yes. like yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Actually, yes, yes, emphatically, yes. Now, interestingly, but the other argument would be that the guy needs reps before the playoffs. I play him tomorrow. I don't play him against Capitals. And I don't play Kevin Miller tomorrow, and I play him against Capitals. That's what I do. You're not going to play Miller in both games. It sounded like comments yesterday. It sounded like, oh, I don't remember who I saw on Twitter saying this, but Cassidy was leaning towards tomorrow being a full roster insofar as availability allows. And it was Tuesday. It was the day that guys were going to get rest. Scratch Brandon Carlo. Because... He always gets injured against the Capitals. Yes. And we, we want him for the playoffs, so don't let him play the last game. I mean, using that argument, though, they're playing the Caps in the first round, probably. Like, But that's well, that's a different animal. That's a different animal. You know, the, he'll, he'll be there for that. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. That'll be fine. But also, remember what happened the last time we scratched Brandon Carlo during the last game of the season? They went to game seven. Oh. Of the Stanley Cup final is what I'm trying to say. That's the secret to the Bruins' success. Remember, we were Carl. so excited. Everybody was like, hallelujah, you scratched him. Oh, my God. And then he was in the playoffs. And then that yeah, following. I don't, I, don't expect, I don't expect him to be scratched, though, because, again, they're probably going to take the viewers like this man missed half the season. He needs gameplay. Give me Bruce Cassidy's phone number. Somebody. I don't have it, but I'll work on that. Sure. I'll Give it to me. Give it to me. I want to talk to him about Brandon Carlo. There we go. I, I just don't want him to be hurt, man. I, I I am superstitious as all get out. All right. Mm-hmm. So, like, look, I I want to be able to tell him in October that I was very happy to see him play in the playoffs again because I did that once and it was very sweet. So, to sum things up. Bruins are in the playoffs. They will probably face either of the Capitals or the Penguins. If they win either of these games, they play the Caps. Yep. If they win tomorrow, it doesn't matter what happens on Tuesday. They may as well scratch everyone and roll the AHL against the, against the Caps on Tuesday in that scenario. <laughs> Which, I'll be honest with you, I would not oppose. Neither would I. Yeah, because at that point, I'm like, I almost don't fucking care. Just to make tension, I'm opposed to it. You know, um, all I would like to see on Tuesday... Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. I was just rolling right through because I was just like, I got so, my um, own thoughts on this. Yeah, you're I, opposed I, to it. I, 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 no, it makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's basically, it's a preseason 
game that happens to be at the end of the regular season, if that happens. It's just like, be polite, you know, give Halak that start, because it'll probably be his last as a Bruin. And... Yep. <laughs> so sad. Anyway, all I want to see on Tuesday is someone cross-check Tom Wilson in the face. <laughs> Tom Wilson may not have a knee anymore. Really? Yeah. What happened? He took a knee-to-knee hit. Oh. Couldn't happen to a bigger bag of dicks. Yeah. And his availability is no one knows yet. What kind of dicks are they? Well, you see, they got, they got so Patrick Kane's got the syphilitic ones under lockdown here. Oh. So uh, I'll have to work out the details, but it's going to be unpleasant. Okay. Just wanted to know. Could be a bag of slimy green putzes for all I know. The bag of corkscrew, corkscrew duck dicks. Oh, ouch. Ouch. That would explain a lot. That would it really would, wouldn't it? Yes, it yeah. would. It would. Wow. How do ducks do it? Do they just go? I mean, they're not really dicks because they're they're birds, and birds don't have oh, cloaca. They are. They're all they're they're cloacal, right? But right. Um, male ducks, it sort of distends, much like other birds, in a oh. dick-like fashion. Update: Tom Wilson's fine. Figures. Oh. Ugh. Fuck him. Got us all excited, man. I know. I got excited, too. I know. All right. So is there anything that we're missing from this week that we haven't talked about? Um, I mean, we no genuinely one... don't know what hap- what schedule happens after Tuesday. Fuck, we don't even know when the playoffs start because, like, Canada's not – Canada Canadian Division North is not going to be done with the regular season for another week. Yeah. So um, I was about to say the exact same thing. So this, if we do a podcast next week, we'd be talking about two games. However, we'll probably have a schedule for the first round by then. Yeah, yes. I mean, we'll be able to talk about things. I mean, come on. We already have talked about Trent Reznor, Duck Dicks. <laughs> yeah. This... Um. <laughs> This past week of Bruins hockey, I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> Once they secured the the playoffs, I'm like, eh, cool. I played. I watched most of the games, dual screening, Bruins on my right screen, uh, with the volume very low, and Halo um, Four <laughs> on my main screen. Um, which, by the way, is a hell of a way to have a spend. You know, like a, a you know a Monday night. A Thursday night. It's just very... It's just the most single guy thing I've ever heard. Guys, I'm not sure if you all know this. I am very single. (laughs) And you know what? Being very single is fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not making that as a... I'm not making fun. I'm just like, this is objectively an extremely single guy thing to do. (laughs) After dinner those nights, peanut butter and jelly and some frozen vegetables that I warmed up on the stove. It was... It wasn't like quite you know a box of craft dinner eating out no, of the pot no. but you're getting there yeah <laughs> um you know i'm a little classy you need to think about my health a little oh, bit yeah, you, you yeah. put that shit in the bowl right that's all fine it's all good mm-hmm. you know you know how i spend most of my evenings being a married old i sit on the craft couch out of the pot no no <laughs> no 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 i i cook dinner for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, we eat dinner while we're watching the game, usually, because dinner's usually around seven. Mm. Anyway, uh, and then uh, my husband yells at the TV a lot. <laughs> and my dog uh, decides that he wants to go pee, and then he usually settles down until he gets his second meatball, which is full of medication. Yeah, so that's how mm, that goes. Drug meatballs. 
<laughs> they're the best kind of meatballs. Looks like um, we'll still have to wonder when the Bruins will start their first round against whom. We'll figure that out in a couple of days. Yeah, so why don't we just say the two games that are happening this week? Well, as far as we know, Bruins will play two games this week. One is tomorrow. That would be on uh, Monday, uh, May 10th. At the Garden, 7 p.m. Eastern Time against the Isles, who have been shipped since the Brit trade, since that Palmieri trade, which has just been fantastic. Woo! Like absolute crap. <laughs> like 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 those two games against Boston a few weeks back are typical of them since the beginning yes. of April. <laughs> which is which is nice to see. This this Islander is just like. I mean, like, I don't dislike Barry Trotz, but at the same time, like, Barry Trotz hockey is just so joyless. <laughs> it's yeah. not quite Guy Boucher joyless, but, like, it ain't far off. Yeah, yeah, I gotta tell you, you know, when you're sitting there, you're like, I don't want to watch another game against the Isles. I- I've seen this. I know what's going to happen. And then, now I'm actually excited about tomorrow night's game because it, it's not honestly, the Honestly, the only exciting thing is seeing is seeing you know the seeing Barry Trotz wearing his um uh, he, his mask that looks suspiciously like he's trying to look like Bane rather than actually protect himself from COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi boys! Let's go and win, uh, play a hockey game today. Let's go win. Yes, that's it. You'll have to do something for Ally. I think the chances are pretty good that we could come out and play tonight. What in the neutral zone trap? I want a Bane Yoda hybrid. Neutral trap. <laughs> neutral zone trap. I was I. <laughs> oh, so anyway, okay. Yes, I, I'm. I can't wait to see that game tomorrow night. That's gonna be fun. And then, <laughs> and then they followed up the next night in Washington, 7 p.m. Eastern time, against. A whole whack of Tom Wilson apologists, including a very including Zidane Chara. Sigh. <laughs> you know what? I've said this on Twitter. I've said it on Facebook. I look forward to seeing Zidane Chara hobble around trying to defend Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasta. Boom! Also for a while now, like he started the season strong, but he's. And he's, I he's, don't want to hate Chara, but I find myself. Hating him. I can compartmentalize I mean, my hate for him. Criticize the team for how they handled that in the offseason now than it was earlier in the year. Because it looked like he did in the bubble. Well, I, I'm just going to say this. I, I, I actually, I'm not going to say any more about how the team handled it. I'm just going to say that Zidane Chara broke my heart by going to the Caps. And, uh, and I can compartmentalize my hate for him right now. When when he's no longer a cap, I can stop hating him. But right now, yes. I kind of have to. When he, when he signs that one-day contract, either this summer or next, whenever it is, he actually hangs it up. So he retires as a Bruin. I'll be happy. Yep. And we all, all know that's going to happen. <laughs> I'll be happy to put this out of my head. Like it was a bad dream. And then, 
33 goes in the rafters, probably as soon as he retires. Be nice. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, that's the games of the week. As far as we know, but it'll probably be later. We'll probably won't be others. <laughs> but really, cross check him in the face. Okay. Um... No, 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 no. He deserves something more dishonorable, like a spear in the nuts, but like a high speed, like a charge that turns into a spear in the nuts. Just like, just like jousting with your fucking stick. Start Quick, Chris Wagner. You can spend it for as long as he wants, and then you don't have to worry about it because you don't want to play Chris Wagner in the playoffs anymore anyway. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No. Patrice Bergeron spears him in the nuts because Patrice is a star on our team and he won't get anything other than a roughing call. And maybe a fine, maybe five thousand, the customary $5,000. Ah, we'll do a GoFundMe for it. Who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would pay. I would pay to see that, honestly. But yeah, have Patrice do it. Or pasta. Two people who just don't have mean bones in their body, typically. And I mean, or like someone just, just like fully Captain Morgan, him and knee on knee. Just like glide in, icing him, just clunk. No more knee for him. I'll take it. Fuck it. That nearly happened last night. So let's do the thing. Listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, or Podcast Addict. Find us anywhere else, let us know. You can also talk to us on Twitter. We're at Barely On Topic or on Facebook. We're at Barely On Topic Podcast. And then, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Nick Baggio. And I am at TrentFredner.com. Who's <laughs> that from RI? <laughs> you know. Before before we end things, what if like on the sign off, like, hello listeners, you've been listening to not barely on topic, and people would be like, whoa. Anyway, that's really word. 